Hi, I'm Simon Juliff. Thanks for joining me and Dr. Gonzo on a musical exploration here on And This One's Introduced By on community radio station 3CR. Dr. Gonzo, and this one's introduced by is a 60-minute program where we listen to tracks from an album introduced by the artist who made the album. Thanks for listening, and this one's introduced by... I must admit to my lack of knowledge about Melbourne musician Simon Juliff, who's just released his first solo album, Stars. Simon shuffled around the local indie music scene in early 2000 when he and his brother Felix played in a band called The Roys who played around the pubs and released an EP on Infidelity Records owned by Bruce Milne of Agogo Records fame. Bruce wasn't the band's only fan. Longtime Paul Kelly drummer Peter Luscombe produced The Roys Records. Early on in the late 80s, Simon Jilliff was part of a short-lived band The Evil Dead who only played live a couple of times and recorded a single that was never released. The Evil Dead shared members with the Powder Monkeys and Hoss, earlier group God of My Pal fame. Simon had gone to school with Tim Hemsley from God and Powder Monkeys and Sean Greenaway of God and Yes Men. And he was good friends with Joel Silbershire from God and Hoss. It was Joel who produced and played on the Evil Dead's unreleased single Just an Idiot, Life is like a reefer, and it was Dogmeat Records that was meant to release it. And now, over 30 years later, Joel has produced and played on Simon Jolliffe's first solo record, and Dave Lang's newly restarted Dogmeat is releasing it. With a sound somewhere between T-Rex and Big Star, Simon Jolliffe's album Stars is an excellent collection and certainly worthy of your listening pleasure. Simon Jolliffe joins Dr Gonzo to present his album stars on 3CRs and this one's introduced by Hi, I'm Simon Juliff and my new album is called Stars The record was recorded by Idge at Sound Park in Northcote My old friend Joel Silbershire produced it and played the bass and his bandmate Jim Svetsos played lead guitar and all sorts of guitar and Greg Bainbridge played drums um, a few years ago, I was hardly playing music. I'd pretty much given up the idea of, you know, trying to make a career of it. And I was still writing songs, but I was just playing playing them in my pyjamas, really. And um, one day, Dave Lang gave me a call out of the blue. Dave Lang of Dogmeat Records. And he said, what are you doing musically? And I said, well, you know, I told him the truth. And he said, if you record a solo album, maybe use Joel as producer. And Joel was a mutual friend of ours. Is. And um, I'll put it out, Dave said. That's Dave. He said, I'll put it out. And I said, are you drunk? And he said, no, not really. And uh, so I just got to work. I mean, I thought, I know that things can easily not happen, you know, you hope in any industry, but particularly the music industry, that that something might happen and then it doesn't. So I thought, well, I'll do my bit and make sure that I get the record done and... uh, it won't be me that fucks it up. So I rehearsed the shit out of all the songs and made about 25 demos at home and sent them to Joel and said, just choose the ones that you think would most, you know, suit a record produced by you. And he chose well, I think, mostly rockers, but a few tasty ballads 
and we went in, well, I think we had two rehearsals with Jim and Greg and Joel and me and got all the songs sort of pretty ship shape but not really quite ready but we we booked in a studio session anyway knowing that maybe the idea of performing the songs in a raw kind of just nailing it for the first time kind of way would be what we were after and also because we didn't have much money or time and we we did it uh, it's one of the things i love about this recording is that it sounds like a band just really enjoying themselves ourselves and um Joel, he he came in with, you know, a really good handle on each of the songs from the demos and how they should be approached in terms of feel and whatnot. And he sort of moulded us gently without anyone foregoing their natural game or their musical personality. And the songs all came out in a way that is really kind of how they were meant to sound. Joel asked me after we finally finished the thing, what would you do if you had to, you know, well, if you record another record, what kind of approach do you want to take as a hypothetical? And I said, I think I'd just do it exactly the same way because it was so much fun and, and, and so fresh and easy and, well, the results are in the pudding. So... Enjoy the pudding. It's an album called Stars. First up is the title track, Stars. I wrote the music for this quite quickly by one of my favourite methods, which is just strumming the electric guitar really loud in the middle of the day and wailing some sort of melodies over the top until something sticks. I was imagining Rocky Erickson singing it and uh, shouting nonsensical things as he does, and then it was sort of a song, but it didn't have proper lyrics yet, and it sat around for a while, until one night I couldn't sleep, and I got up and wrote down some things, ideas about insomnia, and how even quite small problems can seem so gigantic when you're lying there in the dark at three o'clock in the morning. I love the way the band took to this song straight away, and it comes across as a sort of upbeat and optimistic song, which isn't so easy to do in a, in a rock song. I think it's a sort of welcoming start to the record. Here it is, Stars.
Track two is called The Mission. This was a three-chord riff that I played over and over on a tape and then messed around with guitar solos to find a good melody. So the vocal line in the verses was originally a guitar line and Jim plays a beautiful broken variation on, on the vocal melody for the intro and the middle section of the song. And he played it all live with the band Take in the studio. I love his guitar on this one. The words are sort of loosely about the stupidity of partisan politics, but really it's just a pretty poem. Here it is, The Mission. third song on the record is an odd sort of ballad, which I made up while I was recovering from an extremely spicy salad. It's called Green Papaya, after the salad. And there are metaphorical elements to be found in the words if you want to, but mainly it focuses on the effects of the salad, which was really fucking spicy. Here's Green Papaya. Slow 
legend I'll finish you off, yeah Yeah Leave it alone Song 4, Private Party. The title has no direct relation to the lyrics, it's just a a leftover title from when the lyrics used to be about something else. It's a breakup song sung by someone who finds themselves faced with the prospect of being all alone and starts looking back on the circumstances, trying to make sense of things. And Depending on your mood, it could be seen as a boring subject, which has been done to death, or a universal theme with broad appeal, private party.
Song five. This is the closing number on side A of the vinyl. So it's a sort of epic slow burner with a big dramatic outro that makes you look forward to turning the record over. It's called Salad Days. But this one actually has nothing to do with salad. Having two songs about salad on the first side of an album would be ridiculous. And I think Brian Wilson might have already done it, actually. Poor Brian. Anyway, it's a reminiscence about high school days and a sort of cringing over the way we were then, as well as a a bit of nostalgia. And it also has some stuff about internet dating in the modern era, which is a subject I know absolutely nothing about. Here's track five, Salad Days.
I'm Simon Julef, and you're listening to And This One's Introduced By, where the artist introduces tracks from their album, with Dr Gonzo, every Wednesday night at 11 on Community Radio 3CR. Track 6, or the first song on side B, is an old one called What Would You Say? It's a good-natured sort of ribbing between good friends who are camping together. And the chord progressions and the verses and parts of the middle section were inventions of my much younger brother. Um, Not the brother I used to be in a band with, but my other brother, who's 17 years younger than me. When he was about 11 or 12, he, he was having guitar lessons and he was getting pretty good. And he came up with a couple of chord combinations, which he showed me, and I really was impressed. And I said, hey, we could make these into a song if you like. And he said, okay, though not really with any enthusiasm. So I set to work while he walked away and lost interest. And when I played him the finished song the next day or whenever, he was, um, you know, I showed him all the clever bits I'd created to join the bits together and the words and the vocal melody I'd come up with and sang it to him and and he looked at my girlfriend who was there too and and he said, geez, he really simoned it up, didn't he? I don't think he meant it as a compliment, but I decided to run with it anyway. And this is it. What would you say? What would you say to land in me your car when running low on something? I know you're a good driver, but you run like a girl. And that bonnet that you tie around your neck doesn't suit you anymore. Down on the Like a freak 
And that piece of meat you're frying Doesn't look like a steak anymore I'm taking a chance on a greasy Song seven is called Sal. It's about a man called Sal and his troubled relationship with a woman called Yvonne. It's great fun to play this one. The the version on the record was take one or two, I think. And Jim played the solos live with the band again, which always gets us all excited. The drum beat gives us all the horn. And Joel got so excited on the bass that... His fingers started sliding up and down the fretboard with a will of their own and he completely lost where he was by the end and uh, recovered beautifully. And, um, you know, if I listen to this one up loud in the car, which is the best way, by the end of the song I'm always laughing at the sheer unbridled joy of the performance. And, and I'm really glad that we left those mistakes, if you want to call them that, in the recording now Joel has to play them live, which is a challenge, harder than playing actual correct notes, is to duplicate the mistakes you made on the record, and he does a pretty good job most of the time. This one is called Sal. Yeah. 
song eight on the record is called Charlie. This is another old one, maybe the oldest one. Um, we asked my friend Pete to play mandolin on this one because he'd visited me for a, a beer at some point when I was doing the demos and just happened to have his mandolin and we... I, I, I played him a few tracks and he chose this one as the one most suited to a mandolin solo and just sort of did something impromptu that worked so well that when we did the album, we invited him in to, to play, you know, see if he could duplicate it. And he just came in and did it straight away like a pro. And it's... The, the instrumental section with the mandolin and, and Jim's, you know, nice little bits of flavour on the guitar sounds as though they've been doing it for years, but actually it was really um, spontaneous. And it's probably the, the prettiest sounding moment on the record and one of my favourites, actually, uh, when the the instrumental part of this song happens and he and Jim are playing, you know, trading licks, so to speak. Uh, lyrically, uh, it's really so old that I can't remember exactly what I was on about, but I think it's sort of speaks for itself. This is Charlie. Sweetness of your sorrow and the licking of your
Track nine is a short, sharp, power poppy kind of tune with a whole bunch of different chords and a br very brief, big starry bit in the middle. It's kind of a, a dig at people feeling sorry for themselves, maybe a dig at myself. Um, I think this one sounds like a hit, but somebody said it hasn't really got a chorus. Well, I, I think it does have a chorus. See what you think. This is Shot Across the Bow. Tell the doctor I've been here. Track uh, 10, is it? Yes. Uh, the penultimate song on the record is called Till Next Time. This is actually the song we built the record around in a way because, well, in the way that Dave Lang said he'd only release the record if we did Till Next Time again. And when I say again, that's because we... Um, I, in my previous band, The Roys, had released it years ago. And Dave Lang always loved it, but he thought it could be better and wanted more people to hear it, I guess. So I was hesitant at first, not because I was worried about repeating myself, like hardly anyone had even noticed the first time, but I just didn't know if we could make it better or more exciting. But I think we did, and it's another one that's great fun to play, and I think it comes across on the album. Jim and Greg go apeshit in a beautiful way, and it's a three-minute psychedelic epic with simple, uplifting words about the feeling of falling in love. It's really much more simple than it sounds in a way. The song is, you know basically just mucking around in D and chucking in a few power chords and changing key. I don't want to get too technical, but anyway, for some reason it's very popular with other musicians and music nerds and people like that, you know, people like, like me. 
but my wife and daughter have expressed their um, surprise at, at how much other people like it because it's not their favourite. And uh, I said, no, some people respond, you know, it gets a big reaction from people. And my daughter said, what, the reaction of yawning? And uh, I said, no, cheering. And she said, I can't remember what she said, actually. The, the joke was was the yawning bit. That's the funny part. And now I'm just rambling. This one is called Till Next Time. last song on the album, Stars, is called Nice Eye. Again, the title has nothing to do with the subject matter. It was just a working title which we kept because it sounded enigmatic. And now I guess I've spoiled the enigma by explaining it. Anyway, it's a sweet way to end the record, a nice sort of simple ballad about a crumbling friendship. This is probably the loosest of all the loose performances on the record. It sort of threatens to fall apart at any moment. And I'm glad we kept it the way. Actually, it's how we still play it. This is one where Jim overdubbed his solos after. I mean, when I say solos, there's a there's a, a solo in the middle of the song and there's some... Oh, you'll hear it. But... um. 
I was sitting in the control room listening to his various ideas with various different sounds and um, I wanted to keep them all because they were <laughs> all so great. But the one that we kept is almost unhinged and it sounds you, you get the impression that um, whoever's playing it hardly knows what they're doing, but it's beautiful. I'm rambling again. Hey, thanks for listening to my album, Stars. This is the final track, and it's called Nice Eye. Goodbye.
Thanks for listening to an episode of And This One's Introduced By. I'm Dr. Gonzo, and I'll be presenting another artist with another album next time on This One's Introduced By. Catch you next time. All right, Bakersfield, California. Richard, go ahead, please. You're up on the Savage Nation. You know what, Michael? The, the concern that I have or the issue, if you want, you, you invited haters and people that disagree with how you treat people sometimes today. Am I correct? I don't know. I, sir, just make your point. I really don't have the patience to even follow your, your twisted logic. What are you saying? People call you with opinions. People call you respected. I do respect you as what you do. But a lot of you don't. You don't have to respect me, Richard. You can disagree with me, which is what I would prefer. Uh, I would only hope that you would start with a cogent argument. What is it that we're fighting over? You're very rude to people. That's right. I use that as a tool in order to awaken them. A lot of people. Where, where do you, Where do you assume that politeness is going to educate people? Where did you learn that politeness will change your enemy's opinion of you? Uh, politeness won't change the enemy's opinion of you, but rudeness... So, so, sir, rudeness might change his opinion. I can agree with that. But no, I'm, not, I'm not trying to be a wise guy, but Richard, truthfully, the age of politeness is long over in this country. We are American. Americans know power belongs in the hands of people. So if that's rudeness, then I don't apologize for my rudeness. I'm outraged, and don't confuse outrage with rudeness. I don't have to tell you things are bad. Everybody knows things are bad. It's a depression. The dollar buys the nickels with banks going bust. We know things are bad, worse than bad. Bad. They're crazy, 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 crazy. Ten seconds to commercial. Sometimes extreme behavior can be the warning sign of a mental illness. Learn to see the sickness. The sickness. Regrettably, we now believe that only force will make him leave. Regrettably, we now believe that only force will make him leave. Right. I am certain our cause is just a gallon of gas, and I am certain our cause is moral loss of life, and I am certain. Our cause is right. Give me the goddamn money. A new world order. I don't know. Are you not going to get me to say that? So what, what would you like me to say? What answer do you want to hear? Oh, what is it that you want me to say? Tell me. You set up a rhetorical question for which there is no winning answer. So what is it you'd like me to say? It's going to be all right tonight. Lying. Again. I'm from the United States of Kiss My Ass. Stupidity. Again. Demonstrations of this kind are demoralizing the whole country. Again. Don't hate the media. Become the media. It's up to you. Choice. It's up to you. Change the world. It's up to you. Please do your part. what the truth is. Television is not the truth. Television is a goddamn amusement park. Well, sir, I don't know what it is that you'd like me to say, but I do know one thing that I want to say, which is bye-bye. Regrettably, we now believe that only force will make him leave. Regrettably, we now believe that only force will make him leave. The protesters are a tiny but vocal minority. The American people overwhelmingly support the President of the United States. Ladies and gentlemen, how do you feel? Bam, you get a job. Oh, yeah. Hi, I'm Simon Juliff. Please support Community Radio 3CR. Get involved and find out more at the website 3cr.org.au.